Good afternoon, and welcome back to the first 2024 edition of Three Tune Twos. We took some time off the end of 2023, and we are certainly glad to be back with you today. I hope everyone had a terrific holiday, and are looking forward to a fantastic 2024. I am Bonaparte, your blind skeleton host for the next 30 minutes, and you have found your way to my quaint digital cottage in the digital countryside. Here we enjoy an oasis away from the hustle and bustle of the 21st century life, and all are welcome, and music comes from the heart. So come on in, have a seat in one of the many oversized, well-cushioned Victorian chairs. The front of the room boasts a vintage 1930s stand-up radio, which will soon crackle to life with music from the distant past. So sit back, Close your eyes, and let yourself be transported back in time with me to a bygone era. Let's visit the year 1912. The year 1912 stands as a pivotal moment in cultural history, marking a period of significant transition and innovation. It was a time when the world was on the cusp of major changes, both socially and technologically, setting the stage for the modern era that ultimately, of course, turned into what we have today. This was the era of ragtime, with its syncopated rhythms providing a lively soundtrack to an increasingly industrialized society. The phonograph was becoming a household item, revolutionizing the way people experienced music and allowing for a greater variety of sounds to enter homes across the world. This period also saw the emergence of early jazz, blues, and the continued popularity of classical and operatic music, reflecting a complex tapestry of cultural influences. Against this backdrop of musical evolution, the world was also experiencing, experiencing significant social changes, with movements for women's suffrage gaining momentum, and the last vestiges of Victorian norms giving way to more modern attitudes. In essence, 1912 was a year where the past and future intersected, creating a dynamic and fertile ground for artistic expression and cultural development. The first song we have today is one called Casey Jones Went Down on the Robert E. Lee. This is a song that embodies a blend of historical and folklore elements, often recounted in vintage entertainment circles. The song narrates a fictitious yet imaginatively rich tale of a man named Casey Jones, a legendary American train engineer known for his speed and daring, meeting his fate on the steamboat named Robert E. Lee. The blending of two distinct American legends, Casey Jones, who historically died in a train crash in 1900, and the Robert E. Lee, a famed steamboat known for winning a high-profile race against the Natchez in 1870, creates a tapestry of Americana, rich in cultural and historical illusions. 
the song leverages the popularity and heroism associated with both figures to spin a tale that resonates with themes of bravery, tragedy, and the indomitable spirit of the American character. Musically, Casey Jones went down on the Robert E. Lee often features a composition that mirrors the energetic and adventurous spirit of its narrative that it tells. It includes elements that are characteristic of early 20th century American folk and blues, such as a rhythmic, train-like tempo and storytelling lyrical style. The song's appeal lies in its ability to capture the listener's imagination, transporting them to a bygone era of steam engines and riverboats, and evoking the nostalgia associated with America's industrial and cultural history. Its enduring popularity in vintage entertainment is a testament to its ability to bridge history and myth, creating a narrative that, while not historically accurate, is emotionally and culturally culturally resonant. Now, the two folks who do this song, Arthur Collins and Byron G. Harlan, were active in the early 20th century, particularly the 1910s. Arthur Collins was a renowned American baritone who gained significant popularity for his work in the field of recorded music. Primarily, he was known for his performances on the Columbia label, of which this record comes from, which was a major player in the music industry at the time. Collins' specialty was the genre of comic comic songs, a style reflective of the era's attitudes, and although he did songs in genres that were, while popular at the time, were now understood to be racially insensitive and rather controversial. Nonetheless, his voice, characterized by a clear, resonant baritone, was well-suited to the acoustic recording technologies of the time. Byron G. Harlan was a, a common collaborator with Arthur Collins, and together they formed a successful duo known for their harmonious blending and engaging interpretations of the popular songs of the day. And this is Casey Jones Went Down on the Robert E. Lee. Why, 
why, what will his missus say when she's told? She loves his kisses more than she loves gold. Mm, supposing, oh, supposing, she would be all a fake. But pinch me, pinch me, see if I'm awake. But there's no denying. No, your papers ain't lying. Why, of course, there's no mistake. Why, no. K.C. Jones, K.C. Jones went down on the Robert E. Lee. He was an engineer upon that river boat. Not upon the railroad as a poet wrote. He's not shoveling coal. He and McGinty are patching up the hole. For he found McGinty at the bottom of the sea. How's that? Now I'll go clear down to the keel. See. <laughs> Any more? No, no, that death of plenty. <laughs> and and now, now that they've got him, they're working on the bottom, down on the Robert So now as we pause for our first intermission, let me introduce you to the sponsors of the show, Skeleton Brew Coffee, a specialty coffee that resonates deeply with those who cherish vintage entertainment and the rich taste of quality coffee. Skeleton Brew, crafted for the connoisseur who appreciates the finer things from yesteryear, offers a diverse array of roasts to satisfy every individual's unique palate. Whether you're a fan of a light, medium, or a dark roast, Skeleton Brew has meticulously curated options that cater to your personal preference. But what truly sets Skeleton Brew apart is its commitment to the community. In a heartfelt gesture of giving back, 10% of all sales are generously donated to nonprofit arts organizations. This dedication not only enriches the cultural fabric of our society, but also aligns with the values of those who appreciate both the arts and a good cup of coffee. To become a part of this remarkable initiative, and to enjoy a special offer, visit skeletonbrew.one and join the mailing list. As a welcome gift, they'll send you a 10% discount on your first order. Embrace the blend of vintage flair and modern generosity with Skeleton Brew Coffee, where every sip supports the arts. Cavalleria Rusticana, Intermezzo, is a renowned orchestral piece from Pietro Mascagni's one-act opera, Cavalleria Rusticana. This piece, known for its emotive and serene melodies, captures the essence of the rustic, rural Italian setting of the opera. The Intermezzo serves as a musical interlude that conveys a, a poignant contrast to the dramatic tension and tragic themes of the opera. Victor Herbert and his orchestra, an influential figure in American music, particularly in the late 19th and early 20th centuries, was known for his adept skills as a conductor and a composer. His rendition with his orchestra of Cavalleria Rusticana in 1912 highlights his orchestral mastery, bringing out the lush, expressive qualities of the composition. The recording of this particular piece on the Victor Records label 
is important in the sense that it was recorded on the Victor Records purple label. Victor Records, during the early 20th century, was, of course, a leading record label in the United States, if not the leading record label in the United States, and was known for its high-quality recordings and very distinguished roster of artists. The purple label itself was often reserved for classical or prestigious recordings, indicating the recording's cultural and artistic value. This performance of Cavalleria Rusticana by Victor Herbert not only is a significant accomplishment for Herbert, but also a testament to the piece's enduring popularity and its esteemed place in the classical music repertoire of the time.
Now, as we enter our second intermission of the program, shortly before our third and final song of the day, I'd like to take a moment to spotlight the Blind Skeleton webpage. It's a treasure trove for enthusiasts of classic film and photography. Located at blindskeleton.one, this unique platform offers content specifically tailored for those who have a passion for the timeless charm of black and white cinema, of film photography, and of course, vintage 78 RPM music. We have movie reviews, we have movies themselves, we have reviews of old film cameras, and we have scans of the pictures that those film cameras have taken. Also, on the Blind Skeleton website, we have a list of all of our podcasts, a couple of classics from last Christmas, and of course, all of the Three Tune Tuesday live streams that we do. To ensure that you get to stay updated on all things Blind Skeleton, I do encourage you to join the mailing list at blindskeleton.one. It is your gateway to receiving regular updates on new movie reviews, photography showcases of some really classic vintage cameras, and of course the latest from Blind Skeleton Radio and all of our podcasts. So do join this community of like-minded individuals who appreciate the elegance and narrative depth of the black and white era, silent movies, and classic music. Visit Blind Skeleton today, blindskeleton.one, and become a part of this unique cultural experience. Our last song of the day is one from Barcarolle, entitled The Tales of Hoffman. This is a distinguished piece from Jacques Offenbach's final opera, The Tales of Hoffman. This was completed posthumously in 19... I'm sorry, in 1881. The opera, known for its fantasy and inventiveness, is based on the works of the romantic author E.T.A. Hoffman, who is also the opera's protagonist. The Barcarolle, which is the most famous excerpt from the opera, is featured in the opening of Act 3, and is renowned for its enchanting and melodious duet. This piece is set against the backdrop of the Venetian canals, and its lilting, gentle rhythm is reminiscent of the gondolier's strokes in the water. The Barcarolle has gained immense popularity, transcending the opera to become a standalone piece in concert performances and recordings. Historically, the Barcarolle has been interpreted and recorded by numerous artists and orchestras, each bringing their own unique touch to the timeless piece. Its lyrical beauty, characterized by a soothing, flowing melody, often features a soprano and mezzo-soprano, symbolizing the voices of two women singing about the beauty of the night and their love. The harmonious blend of these voices, along with the, pe- the piece's waltz-like rhythm, creates a serene and captivating musical experience. Beyond the opera stage, the Barcarolle has found its way into popular culture, being featured in films, television shows, and even in other musical compositions. Its enduring appeal lies in its ability to evoke a sense of tranquility and romance, making it one of the most beloved and recognizable pieces in the classical repertoire. 
As we bring today's show to a close, I'd like to extend a heartfelt thank you to all of you who joined us. Whether you've spent your lunch hour with us or just the last 30 minutes tuning in through the podcast, your company has been greatly appreciated. It's been a delight to journey back to 1912 together with you, exploring some of the rich tapestry of music from that pivotal year. I hope you found these tunes as captivating and enjoyable as I did in selecting them. Don't forget to join us again next week for another set of timeless tracks and engaging discussions, this time as we visit the year 1913 and as we continue our progression through the years. And for those of you who may still be basking in the festive Christmas spirit, I encourage you to explore the Christmas podcasts available on the Blind Skeleton website. They're available up on the top menu under the Listen pull-down. They're sure to keep the holiday cheer alive a little while longer. Now, as we conclude, it is time to transition back from the enchanting world of 1912 to the present day of 2024. Thank you once again for your company, and may the rest of your day be as fantastic as the beginning. Oh.